This is Channel 253. In this episode of What Say You? That person who is president said that he wanted Black people to go back to the shithole countries that they came from. And person who is president, I'm trying to go back to the shithole countries that you say that I came from. But I can't get in. They won't let me in. The borders are closed to me because I'm American. And shit that you doing, you have put a barrier in front of me going back to the, quote, shithole country that you call it. And I'm calling it paradise. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. What say you? Real sisters. Real talk. What say you? Down-to-earth conversations between sisters about life, work, family, and the pursuit of an anti-racist community. Hi, I'm Audrey. And I'm Melanie. What What say say you? Sister girl, Audrey Louise. Yes, I'm here. Where are you at? (laughs) I'm right here, here. I'm at home, girl. You know we still locked down. I mean, all the way in the lockdown, but Mm -hmm. it's all good. Got got the flow of it and, you know, just grateful to be alive and Mm -hmm. healthy and have a job and, and my family's okay and just keeping it all in perspective. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, that just uh, expressing gratitude and, and making that list and, and keeping it plain. I guess I should say I'm on um, modified modified lockdown because I did go play golf today. But I did it socially responsible. And um, I was with my family member. I went and played golf with daddy. So, you know, we, we were just together. But, you know, we didn't see anybody. We didn't have to touch nothing or anything. We were out in the open air and it was just lovely for my soul. So I'm grateful for that. And and even more grateful to say that our daddy is living and we could go play golf. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, we did that. I went with you guys on Father's Day and that whole experience of that's what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been very uh, leery about going anywhere in public, but yeah. my daddy want to play golf for, you know, Father's Day. That's what we did. That's what exactly what we did. And we did it uh, responsibly. So very responsibly. And, and, and the, the, uh, the setup at the golf course was the way they had things set up and, you know, yep, you can't sit on the benches anymore. You're not going to just be roaming everywhere and sharing everything. And yeah, girl, I would look, I almost got locked up in that damn bathroom trying to get out. <laughs> I know. I was like, where are you? Where's where the you can't look for me. <laughs> I ain't know how to get out there without touching nothing, but it was, it was nice. <laughs> it's, it's been very nice. And one thing that I learned about that excursion was that there is a way to be socially responsible for everyone mm-hmm. because, you know, the way things are right now, we're all connected one way or the other. If we didn't believe we was connected before, okay, we are connected to life. Each Literally. one of us can, can get, we give life by wearing our masks and we can take lives by not by breathing the same freaking air. We okay. are connected. So I didn't mean to interrupt girl. I'm sorry. I, no, I it's okay. I want you to hold on to that. Cause you said by wearing our mask. Okay. So I, I, I want you to hold on to that for a minute because let's talk about, what we going to talk about today. <laughs> yes, girl. What are we going to talk about today? And then I'm going to get, I'm going to get back to that mask thing. I'm going to start off with that mask thing. Okay. Well, what say you today? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we go there, let me say this, 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 because this was seriously on my heart. 
I want to thank Channel 253 for understanding our length of absence from the mic, you know, because we try to stay on a regular schedule. And when it was time for us, we just said, no, we can't because we just we, we yeah. can't do it. And uh, we're still uh, going through racial trauma, period. And so I just appreciate the understanding. So uh, Doug, shout out. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate thank you very love much. You guys so much. So, so much. Just thank you for, for um, just loving us. We appreciate that. Okay, girl, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And that's a perfect segue into that. This is our last call for white people. Mm-hmm. Segment. Last call for white people. We closing the chapter on what you do, why you do it, all of that, you know, the injustice and all, yeah. Girl, I am so freaking tired Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of talking about white people. Yes. Talking about white people and talking to most white people. Okay, I, I, I need to say that because I have white people that I talk to and that I love and I don't mind talking to them because the the exchange of energy is mutual. Oh, let me tell you what my supervisor said. Ooh, what Audrey, did your supervisor say? My supervisor. I, I always think about what you tell me because you're the best supervisor anyone could ever have. And if you've ever been under the supervision of my sister, I know you know what I'm talking about. So uh-huh. love to supervisors. And so mine is going to be right next to you because girl, she called me and she said her name, I'm going to shout her out. Her name is jo- Joanna Royce Davis. And she said, Melly, I can only imagine what you're going through just in my imagination. So I just don't know. Is there anything that I can hold for you so you can rest. Oh. Is there anything I can hold for you so you can rest? Can you, I mean, girl, this is why I say I didn't hit the jackpot. I've worked all my entire career and, and y'all know I'm 62. And I've had some doozies of a supervisor. Well, first of all, you can't supervise me. You know, it's not that kind of situation. Let's keep that clear. I've always been that girl. Like, oh, she's out of control. I've just been creative. But I've had some doozies of supervisors. And honey, 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 this one I have right now, she is absolutely an accomplice. She is the, the face when you say accomplice, there's her face. Okay, so I'm gonna leave that there for when we talk about again, you know, maybe in this segment what that is. But I just had to say that because I know that th- that's rare. That is very rare, and so and that's something to to aspire to have and to be. So, <sighs> okay, let me. I'm breathing. Are you done? <laughs> Why did I ramble? I'm sorry. I'm so glad to hear you joyful. I'm joyful. I mean, because you know the bosses can make <clears throat> they can mess shit up. Yes, they can at work. And if you got a messed up, jacked up supervisor, then your day is never gonna be a hundred percent. It never and will. She didn't have to do and she didn't have to do that. Nope, that came out the blue. That's genuine. That's genuine. That's kind. That's humanity. And that says a lot. And and you're and you're right. Um, You got a messed up boss. Everything is messed up about your job. People don't quit their jobs. They quit their bosses. I mean, that's just a fact. It's 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 in print in many, many uh, different articles and such that I've seen over the years. and And there's a lot, a lot of truth to that mm-hmm. because you're the the person that you report to directly is the person that has the most direct control over how you feel about your job so 
Mm-hmm. With yeah, yes, back to center. Sorry for I keep taking us off, but I'm just I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's been a while. We haven't been on the mic in a while. So we'll probably ramble on and you know here and there and listeners, please just just roll with us. Go with the flow. Just go with the flow. Hopefully that you're in a spot today where you have time to just to just roll with us because I'm sure we're going to go a lot of different places. But I really do want to make it um, last call. Make it clear that this is the last call. We we've talked about white people enough. We've talked about um, just whiteness in general. We've talked about white privilege. We've talked about the Karens of the world. The used to be the Becky started off. I mean, there's been so many evolutions and iterations of white peopledness that has happened since we started talking about uh, white people. And then there came George, which was the uh, one of the catalysts for this uh, new urgency to put the mirror in front of white people. So we've done that. Mm -hmm. So today, let's just tie it up in a knot. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to circle back to what you just talked about, you know, with playing golf with daddy and socially distancing and wearing the mask. White people. Mm -hmm. Girl, what? Why are you so ingrained in your privilege that you can't wear a damn mask? You out there protesting. And look at the people that are protesting. It's mostly white people. Mm. And why? I have thought about this, Mel. I have thought about this. Okay. We have. Let me calm down. You know how hot Girl, calm down. Where your fan at? You know, I had that hot flash before we went on air. That's why I said, Why you where your fan at? I can't find it. <laughs> the duck said I could open the window, so I'm fine. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, I am really, really open to trying to understand. I've opened up my heart, I've opened up my brain, and I'm like, okay, Audrey. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It has not been stabilized yet. And please don't get me started on why, but anyway. And so there are very few things that we can control, that we can contribute to, to try to get this thing stabilized for everybody, right? So when they tell us social distancing, wearing a mask, wearing a mask, there is science behind that. You've seen them uh, commercials on TV, somebody cough, they don't have a mask on. You see how far that spew? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, girl. Somebody got on, you know, some other kind of mask, but it goes a little further. It goes through, or if you blow through it and you can um, blow out the... The flame. Yeah, you get the right mask. It ain't going to go nowhere. Okay. So why can't we just do that? Mm, My mask got rhinestones on it. Well, I know, but I don't (laughs) understand white people in your privilege. Because this this is what it is. It's privilege. You are so freaking privileged that you feel like you have the privilege to put other people in danger just for your own individual comfort. Just to say, I can't take that. They taking my rights away from you. Welcome to the freaking fracking world. Well, so they just following the leader. That's all. Everybody, they, they just following the leader. Follow the leader. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Can can I tell you what my philosophy is? Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of like, what's my metaphor? I'm going to use the metaphor of international travel. And you know how a lot of countries now have closed their uh, their borders to us. We can't even come in because we're American, right? 
So that's how I feel about white people right now. I didn't close my borders to white folks. My personal borders, I only, you can only get in, um, you know, with a visa, maybe or some kind of special, (laughs) you know, I I have just shut it down because, okay, because I am at a point of racial battle fatigue. You know, I'm tired. And there is a thing, you can look it up. It's a scholarly thing called racial battle fatigue. I am suffering from that. I am suffering, suffering from that. Okay. And so white people trigger that. So I have to seriously, and this real talk right now, I, I can't be around a lot of white people right now. And I don't even think about white people right now. The only thing I'm thinking about in my head is black liberation. Black love, yes. black, you know, just, just how do we love on ourselves right now? And how do we stand up for ourselves and how do we shift? Because we know the anti-blackness sentiment is out there. And we know this is white people's work right now. This is white people's work. So I'm sick and tired of doing your work. You got to do your own work. And so the result of your what is it? Well, what are we saying? Your privilege and that that you inherited, you have harmed us. You have harmed me. You have harmed my people. And we can't be whole citizens. We cannot Listen. be whole citizens. Listen, yesterday, when you said, well, you just said you've harmed my people. And white people, you have harmed many people, okay? We talking about black people. Mm-hmm. Harmed everybody whose past you came in. Everybody. For all these years. And for the white people out there that, you know, I'm not my ancestor. I didn't do that. Oh, but you're doing it right now by sitting on the sidelines and doing nothing and allowing and, and, and taking advantage of and, and taking for granted and just expecting and wallowing in the privilege that you inherited, the privilege of being white in this, in this racist construct that was created by your ancestors. And when you just said, so no, you, Somebody said, oh, my God, I saw it on Facebook yesterday. It, um, nobody I know has ever been a slave. I've oh, never God. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody I've met have ever been a slave or a slave master. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's oh, where they- did you speak on it? And so <clears throat> to you, my ignoramus, yeah, you're right. You haven't met anybody. Nobody in this generation has been a slave or a slave master. I haven't been a slave. With that said, it does not mean that that institution has not affected the way I live. To mm-hmm. this, it does not mean that that institute. Maybe you you're not a slave master. It does not mean that that institution you still don't you still uh, benefit from. Mm-hmm. You don't even think about it. You just no, do. But see, it's the point. The word That's slave, the point. The, sla- the, insti- the institution of slavery has only evolved, I mean, only evolved to corporate, right? Corporate corporations. That's the new slavery. Okay, so so what 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 I want to give a shout out to right now is my brothers and sisters, black and brown that are up in these corporations right now and their white people are turning to them now and asking them to speak on behalf of all black people or sending emails of apology and what can I do and calling them own selves allies, which we already said, you can't do that anyway, right? But um, it's really super stressful for blacks inside of organizations and and um corporations right now racial battle fatigue is real and people are tired and corporations stop it 
you haven't been talking to the black people all along right now. So what makes you think it's time for you to go and ask them what they think? And then because they've been traumatized all this time, they don't want to talk to you. They ain't, and, and it is so freaking, how do you say, are they freaking fracking foul yep. that you don't even <laughs> see your whiteness and the abuse and the emotional toll that it is taking on your people. Okay, let me throw this in there. Okay, let me just breathe right now. Okay. Okay. So, All right, girl. Okay, okay. I got a question. What? Because you know I've been thinking. Now, my name is Audrey Louise Cunningham. And I was born as a black female in America, okay? However, when the when I go out into society, I am not Audrey Louise Cunningham. I'm not seen as Audrey Louise Cunningham. I'm just seen as another black person. You understand? Mm -hmm. And it is interesting to me how white people don't understand the mere privilege. When we're talking about privilege, let me throw this example at you. You get to go out and be just you, whatever your name is. You are not a whole race. You are not. Your actions, your what you doing or what you might do or what you have done, none of that is put upon you. You're just out in the world as, as an individual person. What black and brown people go through every day and people of other ethnicities, you are, the, you are not the singular you. You are the fullness of whatever race people put you in. And anything that anybody in that race has ever freaking done in their life before you even open your mouth as an individual. You understand? That's I you. Just to walk outside, go to the mall, run the social distance, go to the park. You just to be, get to be white. Somebody asks you your name, ain't nobody. And if they don't know you, you get the benefit of the doubt because you're white. Yeah. But what are the odds of somebody coming at you? Oh, let me tackle him. That's why white people don't have Karens, Karenisms. They don't have that mess happening to them. Oh, oh, I see. I see what you mean. You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. Yes, yes. You ain't going to walk up to another white man and ask him why is he standing at the door? Yep. Because he gets the benefit of the doubt of being white. Oh, white people can stand anywhere they want to. Yep. Well, let me let me just, uh, I <clears throat> again, now, the white people doing all of that on us is where the fatigue comes from. And I just yes. want to uh, just offer... The um, definition, racial battle fatigue, is describes the psychological stress responses from being a racially oppressed group member in society. And this one was born out of um, higher education, a historically white campus. But you can change that to a white corporation or, you know, white nonprofit. And uh, the author of this term is William A. Smith. I want to always give uh, you know the scholars credit. He's a professor in the Division of Ethnic Studies and Department of Education, Culture, and Society at the University of Utah. Okay, so this is this is something that is real, and it's important to give it a name. So then you can give it a diagnosis. And when you get sick from going to work, you tell them you have racial battle fatigue and that you're trying to recover from this. This is serious, people. 
And white people, you have caused this on us. And it is so, so, so important, um, non-white people, that we get treatment, you know, and treatment is self-care. Treatment is education. Treatment is calling it out, you know, when it when it comes at you. Uh, you know, Audrey, I'm telling you, I just, yeah. just this is what's been going on with me. I've, I mean, I'm happy to report I'm totally coming out of it. But I am grateful that I know what it is. Yes. Okay? I know yes. what it is so that I can treat it. So I hope those under the sound of my voice, black people, brown people, non-white people um, that suffer uh, from race issues in your life, look this up so that you can understand what it is and start using that language in your HR processes. Okay, because that is what is going on with you. And you need well, time. And to I'm glad that there's a name for it because otherwise uh, you go through this range of emotions and behaviors that are out of the norm. I'll just speak for myself uh, and wondering what. What is this all about? Why am I tripping? Okay, just get over it. You know, come on now. All right, it's been a month. You know, come on, girl, get it together, get it together. And so to be able to understand that all of that is real. It's real. And and, and it's not something to lightly dismiss. And I, I like what you said that if you can, if there is a name, if you have a diagnosis, then you can have a, a solution. You can so, have treatment. Yeah. Treatment. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you for that. So um, I, I think we should take a break or, or let me say, I, I need to take a break. Well, child, I got my blood pressure up. But um, when we come back, we're going to continue talking, listeners, about uh, Last Call for White People. We tired. We tired of talking about it. Talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be back in a moment. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Melanie Denise Cunningham, your 253 Peace Queen. And I'm Audrey Cunningham. And we're the host of the Channel 253 podcast, What Say You? This episode of Channel 253 is sponsored by PeaceWorks United and the Greater Tacoma Community Foundation. And we're here to remind you that the 2020 census is underway and that you, yes you, must participate. That's right. I know people can get nervous when someone from the government shows up with a clipboard, but here's the truth. Participating in the census will help us get our fair share of representatives to Congress and it will also get more federal funds to our community that we can use on urgent matters, like community policing, for instance, and many other things. You don't have to be a voter. You don't have to be a citizen even. In terms of the census, you count. Everyone counts. But you won't count unless you participate. Please take the time. Answer the questions. 10 questions, 10 minutes. Show up for your community. If you haven't completed the census form at this time, please visit census.gov to find out what you need to do now. Thank you to PeaceWorks United and the Greater Tacoma Community Foundation for your sponsorship of Channel 253 and getting the word out about the 2020 census. Welcome back listeners. We have decided that we ain't talking about white folks no more after this episode. Mm-hmm. Nope. And so that's what we're talking about today. Last call to white people. We're going to get it you all out. I'm so tired of, girl, let me tell you why I'm so tired of talking about white people. And I, I and thank you again for the diagnosis because I, I believe I have racial battle fatigue as well. Yep. I know I do. Yeah, I know anyway. you do. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Every time black people do something, try to do something, I mean, 
going all the way back to, you know, trying to free ourselves as slaves, trying to get the right to vote, uh, Brown versus Board of Education, just trying to go to school. Um, We've had redlining, uh, uh, systematic redlining put up to keep us from, you know, uh, opportunity in housing. Uh, I'm thinking of all of these uh, barriers that the white people have thrown up over the years. And still, and still, they'll say, oh, look at that black on black crime. If y'all would just, you know, get yourselves together. I mean, you just want to hand out and all of that. Shut up. Really? Really? What barriers have you had? Okay. And I'm talking about systemic barriers. Not just I grew up on a pool farm, my people was pulled, my mom and daddy went together, I've had hard times. No, 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 no. Nobody stopped you from going to school. Nobody burnt up your house. Nobody stopped you from, you know, your people trying to buy a house. Nobody stopped you from that. Just basic life movement, right? And then let's move forward into today. Every time people try to get together, Black people try to get something together, there's always a pivot, white people. Yep. Let's talk about Colin Kaepernick. Ooh, okay. Girl. All that baby did was kneel. And why I he still ain't got no job? Why he still ain't got no job? I'm girl, sorry. Girl. We know why he ain't got no job. Yeah, I mean, not that he need or want one. I mean, you know, need one. He just wants to do work in his passion. Why is he being denied that? Because he's black. Because he's black. Because he, ain't he spoke tell- truth. He spoke, he spoke up to white folks. And this is how they go. Nigga, you ain't supposed to do that. You don't get to say, you, 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 you going to talk back to Massa? See, here's the thing that I find. But yes, I said I, the N-word because they probably did. Yeah, of course they did. Um, here's what I find hilarious. Never in their imagination, and I'm talking about the NFL and everybody and that person in the White House and everybody else who tried to pivot his taking and to make it something that it wasn't. Never in their wildest imagination did they see this coming. All that baby did was one man, one. Just one man. Now he knelt down on his knee. He didn't ask nobody for their knee. Hey man, let me borrow your knee. <laughs> it was his. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to make you see how. I know it's so ludicrous. It's so ludicrous. Yeah. yeah. It was. He is still no knee. It was his knee. His own knee. His own knee. His own knee. His own life. He knelt because he didn't he didn't feel like standing with his hand over his heart for some damn song that ain't got nothing to do with him. Yeah. You quite got that right. Thing, the Star Spangled Banner, that's some raciousness right that there. Ain't not, girl, that ain't never meant nothing to me. Never, never, yeah. never. And girl, and never in their wildest imagination did they ever think they'd be singing the Black National Anthem Okay, so let me, okay, all right. It's a mess, but anyway. I want to talk, I want to talk about that, because that's that's a stupid mess right there. I don't like that, I don't like that at all. Oh, no, girl, that's some, that's that's some white, go ahead. That's white performance shit right there. Yeah, I was getting ready to say. freaking frack? I was getting ready to say, and what I put on my Facebook, I said, everybody in the C-suite, the diversity, equity, and inclusion officers and the committee needs to be fired. If that mess got out. Everybody, all of them. Who fire them. Go public. Who, who anyway. Let that out. NFL, you are a joke to equity, inclusion, diversity. Don't think we stupid. That's why I, whoever let that out like that. Ooh, wait. Fire them. Fire, Fire them, because they, okay. they don't know nothing. Fire. They really, say, unless, the- unless, 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 because this happens, this happens, this happens, where you have your equity and inclusion officers that give the proper advice, 
And then those the people do it anyway. Look at the, the person that is president that doesn't pay attention to his scientists and everything. So that could be, that's the only grace that I'm going to give the NFL is it could be, I mean, not, not the NFL, but, but they people, the C-suite people, if I'm just making an assumption that they have a C-suite equity officer, look how backwards that is. But, uh, but they probably, they probably gave the best advice and then the people didn't listen. Okay. So well, I'm, I'm I don't saying. give, I don't care. Okay. Yeah. But that was, it stupid. That out, was stupid. It tells us everything we need to know about the NFL. Oh God. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to Colin. Mm-hmm. All that baby did was take a knee. And that was so devastating to white America that a black person would, and here's how they hijacked it, would disrespect the flag like that, right? Yeah. That, now there go the hijack on that one. Yeah. And then, oh, how many months did it, did, did people spend going back and forth and back and forth? Burning and jerseys and tennis shoes, which was so person, stupid. I mean, all that paid for it. Person in the White House doubled down and on it and everything. I mean, just, just crazy. But if you're really paying attention, it's not a surprise because that's how much White people want to boss, uh, be the boss of us and, and hold on to that privilege. That's how much it means to them. Oh, girl. I mean, by any means necessary, they can twist and turn some mess around. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, my God. So what I've realized is that it doesn't matter what Black people do. White people are always going to have a response that is rooted in their being the boss of us, right? Right. And, and, and the other thing I thought about was in this time when you know, everyone was marching for because of George and all of that. And then, you know, the uh, all of a sudden, uh, Black Lives Matter was a terrorist organization. And why are you light, uh, rioting and looting and all of that? And mm-hmm. that's not right. That's not right. You know what? what? It doesn't matter how protests are done when it comes to black people seeking racial justice and liberation because if they don't pivot it when i say they i'm talking about white people and that's the playbook now is pivoting back in the day they would just kill us Mm -hmm. okay they killed medgar evers they killed malcolm x they killed Martin Luther King Jr. And anybody, I'm going to go back to Malcolm X. Anybody that um, says, well, that was an inside job. Yeah, it was an inside job, but trust and believe it was also outside influence. Orchestrated so, by white people. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Every every family has a weak link or a way to, to get uh, in. To get in. Yeah, to get, to get in. in. And, get and in. as you bring that up, I just want to say um, rest in peace to um, Representative uh, John Lewis passed away yes. uh, d- this week or yeah, maybe, yeah, this week. And so uh, thinking of him and, and, and being young in the civil rights and living his whole entire life, his entire life in the struggle. Um, but, you know, when I was listening to all the tributes for his life, this, this would be inspiring, I hope, is that somebody said that the observation of all the pictures of just ordinary people that started popping up on Instagram and Facebook with him, you know, him and ordinary people. Yeah. He lived his life so regular and was accessible and 
you know, just about the people that that was um, that was beautiful. And 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 I'm saying that again to say no matter what we do and how we shine, white folks will find a way to try to dim our light. Always, always. I mean, then and now. And this is what this is why. This is why this is the white people's fight now. I mean, we're going to do our own thing anyway. We just ain't going to try to make you come along. We don't give a damn anymore. That's it. With that said, um, it's, it's been too long. White people, you are late to the party. And you're not trustworthy. Not trustworthy at all. At all. Because every single day that you walk in, into your world at your job at your wherever you are and you have the power i mean let it, let us be clear you do have the power and every time you're sitting around that table and somebody says something that is just ridiculous and you say nothing every uh for my our hr people Every time you look at a resume and it says Shaquisha and you go, mm, next. Every time you don't allow someone the opportunity to even compete for a job internally, because they may not be ready when in fact who you chose isn't ready. You know the little ins and outs. You guys all know this. Every time someone goes to a bank and applies for a loan, all things equal, same credit score, same debt-to-income ratio, sometimes uh, the, the person of color, is they're better on paper. And you don't give them that benefit of the doubt. You make them pay down, do a uh, 25% down payment where the other person less than qualified they only got to do 20 Mm -mm. you know better and you know what you're doing and it happens every single day yes well i'm gonna tell you my i'm just gonna bring back up my solution personal solution close the borders I didn't close the borders to white people and um, just let them in one by one, you know, let them back in. Cause this is a shift. This is a shift. Now we have a pandemic of uh, the coronavirus, and we have an epidemic because of what I understand. The difference is the pandemic is worldwide. It's everywhere. The epidemic is inside right here inside of our country. So we have a racism epidemic going on and a pandemic and white people are at the center of both. Okay, come on now. You at the center of both. Y'all running around here, won't wear your masks. And so <clears throat> I'm really pissed about this. Let me tell you why. I'm super pissed because that person who is president said that he wanted black people to go back to the shithole countries that they came and person who is president i'm trying to go back to the shithole countries that you say that i came from but i can't get in they won't let me in the borders are closed to me because i'm american and shit that you doing you have put a barrier in front of me going back to the quote shithole country that you call it. And I'm calling it paradise. I call it heaven. I call it everything. While simultaneously person in the white house. And isn't this befitting turning the United States of America into a shithole country that other countries do not want us into. Who did that? That's so pro. Now let I'm gonna answer that. Thank karma, you. girl. Let that it question. Hold on. Give a moment of silence for karma. Mm. Amen. Because that's what it is, girl. Listen. So now, 
that person has taken us to some place where we've never been before. All these countries don't want us there, right? Don't want us. United States of America, the grandest place in the world, right? Now, single-handedly, this guy has made us that country with the assistance of you white people. Yep, sure have. Uh, uh, Y'all did this. Let's not lose that. You don't get to escape what you've done. You don't get to escape that. You did this, white people. Some white people. Now, on this one, on this one, I am going to uh, be specific about white people. White people who voted for that person in the White House. So if you voted for that person in the White House and you, and, and here's the thing, because some of you may have gone, what the hell? I didn't know it was going to be like this. Okay. So let's narrow it down, which white people I'm talking to. If you voted for that person, in the White House, and you continue to support him, and you vote for him again. Ooh, lordy, lordy! You super Listen, white. Stupid is as stupid does. Oh no! I mean, girl, let me tell you what happened today at the golf course. There was a, uh, I guess the new slogan for that person is keep America great again, keep America great. Cause it, it was make America great again, I think before. And now, cause I saw the, the guy that teed us off um, was wearing that hat, keep America great. And so I, I walked up to him and I said, keep America great. I said, um, <clears throat> what is that? Is that is that a new? I I said I'm not sure what that is. Can you tell me what that is? And then he he went into yes, I'm a Trump supporter, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so then he started going off about uh, everything and how wonderful Trump was. You go, you go, love me for this. You you want to know what I did? What you You ready? Girl, I reached in the car. I said, oh, let me put my Black Lives Matter mask on. And then I opened it up and it's got the, the power fist. And I just stood right there and I just looked at him. I shook my head. <laughs> oh my God, Zilla, what did he do? He was so flustered. He was like, uh, next up, Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> did daddy see it? What did daddy do? Daddy was on the other side. Oh, that is Daddy hilarious. was on the other side. I had just, I just managed to walk around walk around the cart and he was standing there with the clipboard because he was our uh uh whatever they call it the marshal or whatever that that tees you off the box yeah yeah yeah, girl, yeah yeah just reached in there and got my black lives matter mask i didn't even have to say nothing mm. girl that, my I'm, ears, and i'm just standing there going mm-hmm that's okay. all you got to do that's, that's all, all you got, got to do, do. that's all well, you got to do and let me say, let me, I, I want to get this out as well. I want it to be clear that um, I, I don't have, I, I don't, I am still the same Audrey Louise Cunningham that has evolved into this 60-year-old woman with life experiences, with people of all cultures. And I'm so glad how we grew up, you know, that we were, we were destined to be the ones talking about uh, diversity and, and yep. just, I don't even, I don't know. I don't necessarily, not just diversity, just, just people being people and accepting people for who they are. And I just always say, I'm same girl, I'm that same girl. So when I'm talking to white people, I'm telling you that even as that girl, 
no matter how great my, my intent is and my heart is, I am still not included in just being Audrey. Mm-hmm. Get to be that. Because there's so many of you out there that automatically think you you know who I am just by the color of my skin. Yeah. Me, millions of black people. I mean, we're just people. And that old saying, you you should never have to squash someone else down to shine yourself. So stop trying to squash. Let Colin kneel. What is that doing to you? That's not taking food off your table. Yeah, mind your business. Your kids are not, and, and, and please, oh my gosh. Girl, what? In the name of Jesus, please stop trying to make people worship some mess that doesn't mean anything to them. What what the Star Spangled Banner means to you doesn't mean anything to everybody. Same okay. thing. It's a what racist song. Go look it up. Can you just learn how to, to step out of your own perspective and see what other people might even possibly be going through? Listen. Just listen. Mm-hmm. Staying in your white world going, well, this is the way it is. No, it's not the way it is. It's not. And by God, we're tired of saying it. Yep. Tired of saying that these freaking statues named after these freaking Confederacy killers are offensive. South Africa just tore them down, girl. They just knocked them all down. You know, in South Africa, they gone. Mm. We are not a, a white people. You just need. To, can you listen sometimes? Yeah. Can you entertain the thought that the way you move about the world is not the same for everybody? Can you even entertain that thought? Yes, please. Can you listen to people? who don't look like you, anybody in Jesus' name that does not look like you, can you listen to what the world looks like to them? What, How they move about the world and what that looks like and how the world responds to them? That's the only way you're going to get it together. Now, we're going to do it without you one way or another. You understand? Yeah, yeah but it's such a waste of time and talent when you don't do it. And, and again, I'm going to just circle back that my heart goes out to the Black people that are working inside these corporations and companies and nonprofit organizations and universities that are suffering right now. They, they, because their white people don't get it. And their white people are, I mean, I'm getting all kinds of stories and reports. I was in my uh, doctoral network group today. I have a a group that I'm uh, associated with. Um, you remember Dr. Betty when I, my mentor from uh, Betty Dickerson. Betty Dickerson. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So she invited me into a group of um, black women that are doctoral students and you know inside universities, and it is um, so heartbreaking to hear how people are suffering inside of their organizations as a result of this because of the stress of having their uneducated and ignorant C-suite folks. And I'm going to say it like that because the these C-suites and, and top of the lines, it, all these white faces, and you do not, you're not culturally literate, culturally competent. You don't have the vocabulary. You don't even care to a large degree. And the even more dangerous ones are the ones that say they care, but they don't really care because they maintain the freaking racist systems that are inside of these organizations and our people are suffering. And so <clears throat> just like you're talking about the, um, the privilege and the white people um, just abusing that as they see it, I'm gonna say you're abusing your workers and really take this to heart because we are not okay. 
the folks are not okay at this time and have you even checked? And you figure out how to check in a caring and compassionate way. I gave you an example of what happened to me and my supervisor at the top of the hour. And so I hope anyone under the sound of our voice that is white and that supervises um, black people and other people of color that you check yourself. I want to say this real quick because um, yesterday um, I watched a movie and I was like, wow, Audrey, now you're always talking about uh, people stepping outside of themselves and, you know, seeing something else that uh, looking at the world from other people's lenses and such. I watched this movie now. And it was called the San Antonio Four. Have you ever heard of that movie? Mm-mm, have not. And I saw, and it's a true story. It's a documentary. And I saw, how did I miss that? Where was I? What was I doing in the year 2000? Clearly I was grown. Four ladies. They were gay, all friends, right? And they were accused, falsely accused uh, of molesting one of the ladies' two nieces. This is in the year 2000 that it happened, right? In San Antonio, Texas. And it, let's just fast forward, just like with the Central Park Five, in 2016, um, these ladies were all released from prison. It was all false, all false, totally false. And these little girls were um, three and five years old. Turned out, you know, they'd been coached by the dad and one of the grandmothers because the dad had uh, really liked one of the ladies. And and then in the court system, in the legal justice system back at that time, that was when um, being gay, there supposedly you had, especially lesbian, there were, they were really pushing sat- satanic rituals. So supposedly these ladies were offering these kids up in a sat- satanic ritual, all just the child side, everybody wound up recanting everything. Let's put it like that. Which did not stop these ladies from spending 16 freaking years in prison. You understand? The reason I bring that up, and they were all um, uh, all Latina, and it just made me more aware of being even more aware of what's going on around me, no matter whose story it is. I don't know how we missed that or how I missed it. I don't know, 2000, I don't know. I might've been drunk. I don't know. But um, it's called, uh, like I said, (laughs) San Antonio (laughs) 4, high probability. San Antonio 4 and... um, I can't remember which, if it was Is that Netflix. on Netflix. I can't remember if it was Netflix or not, but it's definitely worth the watch. And I just want to put out there that when you walk your daily life with just wanting to be aware of what's going on around you, and even if the people don't look like you, it's still important to understand what's happening and, and see what can be done. Because these young ladies, uh, they really went through the ringer. Mm. Well, with that girl, we gonna <clears throat> we gonna ease on out of here because uh, I think that's it. That's it. That's all. And like we've said, listeners, we ain't talking about it no more. Oh uh-uh. no! Oh, I hope mommy didn't hear that. I was straight in my ebonics. We ain't talking about it no more. I'll I go there. I can say we're I not think she's going over, to speak she's on heard this. ebonics from our previous. Well, she's heard worse. She I, I can translate. I said, we'll not, we'll, we will not be speaking on this subject any longer. Like you said, we ain't talking about it no more. <laughs> Drop the mic. That's, 
So, uh, yeah, this is Last Call for White People. Um, next time you hear us, we're we going to talk about moving forward. Okay? Black liberation. Boom. Drop the mic. Thank you for listening to What Say You? If you have conversation ideas or want to follow up on what you heard, please contact Melanie by email at melanie at missmelanie.com. M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E at M-I-S-S-M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E dot com. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. The What Say You podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounder's B-Team, and We Art Tacoma. This is Channel 253.